0: My definition of prosperity, for instance, is it's not financial independence. That's a byproduct. It's not being in great shape. That's a byproduct. It's not really having great relationships. That's a byproduct at all. So what is the definition of prosperity? And this is a real good head check. It's if you can answer yes to this next question. And the question is, are you having the time of your life right now?
1: Welcome to the Thought Leaders Business Lab, Larry. It's so great to have you joining me today.
0: Well, thank you. It's so great to be asked to be a part of this. I appreciate it.
1: Well, very exciting. You talk about changing attitudes to align with vision. And I think this is such a fabulous topic, especially as coaches and consultants, because we all have a huge vision and there are things that get in our way, roadblocks that happen, challenges that happen you know, I'll say on a weekly, but mostly on a daily level. And, you know, depending on the resources and the tools that we've got available to us depends on how we're able to deal with those challenges. And I know that that's what we're going to deep dive about today. But before we jump in, why don't you share with my listeners a little bit about yourself and how you got to be doing what you are doing today?
0: Okay, well, thank you. And welcome all, all of your listeners. I've been doing what I've been doing professionally for 26 years now, this May, and started out being fascinated with the brain, how we make decisions, and it pretty much took off when I was just a little one, probably about a year old. I was pushing my sister in the stroller, and she was three years older than I was, which got my parents to finally kind of, I guess, get out of the denial that they were in, and they went and had my sister tested. And they stamped on her forehead at the time what was called mental retardation, which is really a derogatory term. Now we refer to it as gifted, differently abled. And it, just as a little person, I began to recognize that their labeling could be very, very detrimental to individuals. And I found myself fighting a lot when I was small. It didn't matter how big the person was, but I couldn't handle it when they were putting my sister down. And so that led into a lifetime of study of our brain and what had taken place with my sister. And then I got into how am I thinking and what impact is that having on the people that I'm involved with and watching out for the labels because they can become very restrictive in our ability to bring out the best in others. And ultimately ended up developing a company around it and started working with corporations, basically coaching the leadership within the companies and helping them to find vision and develop their parameters on how they wanted to treat each other, which we know as guiding principles and what their sense of purpose is. And now that has led into having the opportunity to, as all the coaches and consultants that are listening to this, to be able to do the magical things that we do. And that is to see the aha and the light come on within the people that we are dealing with. I think that's the real payback for being in this business is helping people kind of get out of their own way, if you will.
1: I couldn't agree more. I did a post on social media just the other day talking about what, you know, what do you love most about coaching? And without a doubt, it's that watching an aha moment across the table in someone else. And that is why we do what we do, because it's such a beautiful moment to witness that. No, I know that you do work with corporations and you and I were having a little chat before we started recording. And I was saying that I believe as coaches and, or as coaches and consultants, you know, we're not part of a corporation. We don't have a huge team that surrounds us that sometimes we're on our own. Sometimes we do have a small team around us. So the way that I see it is essentially we are the corporation because we still need to wear all of the hats. So I still think that what you have to share is so effective and so applicable to us and that to start to think that we are a corporation could be a really great start just in itself.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, no matter whether you're working with one individual or many individuals, you only impact the growth of that individual when you have aligned with not only understanding what it is that they want to accomplish, but being a part of that accomplishment. And You know, it doesn't start anywhere other than just the person that you're happy to be having the conversation with. It's all about that relationship. And we know the quality of the relationships determines the quality of our lives.
1: Totally, totally. So that's something that you say that not one of us has the same fingerprint. So let's start there. What has that got to do with our our approach to meeting new people, new clients, working with someone?
0: All right. Well, it's again, one size doesn't fit all. I mean, you can have the best coaching process known to man, and there's going to be times when you're going to have to move and with the change, you're going to have to try something different. And we like the routine. The brain is so routine oriented because it's efficient and it's effective. And when routine gets kind of broken up a little bit, we need to be able to ad lib and be able to deal with the uniqueness of that moment as None of us are the same. Everyone has a different genetic blueprint and fingerprint. And so with that in mind, it's all about, I, if I'm coaching you, Samantha, I've got to find out, first off, why are we getting together to begin with? I cannot make any assumptions. I can't hear a few things that you say and then think I know how I'm going to help you resolve that. I've got to keep peeling the onion. And that's where I find your uniqueness is I ask you questions that you wouldn't ask yourself. And I think that's one of the biggest values that we as coaches bring to other individuals is is we generally don't peel the onion. We generally have a pretty, somebody asks how you're doing and most of the answers, unless you're saying love and life or couldn't be better, is generally fine, which just defines flour. It doesn't define the character and the energy that we have. So it's up to us as coaches to ask those questions and boy, it's just like Roosevelt said, you know, people don't care what you know until they know that you care. And that's what we get to do as coaches is care. And when that starts to happen, very few individuals, and this is something we have to constantly remind ourselves of, are listened to. Most people are listened long enough to get a fix. And we have to watch that as coaches that I don't hear something you say and go, okay, I know how to do this because it worked last week with. I've gotta really allow myself to discover you. And the more that I do that, I find that the better results I have. And I think that is something that I think everybody would probably agree with.
1: A hundred percent. You talk about getting a vision. Is that what you're talking about here or am I taking two different topics? When you say really getting to know that person, can you define more what you personally mean by that?
0: What I mean by that is why does Samantha get up in the morning? You know, I may start out finding out about why you called and what you're interested in and why we're having this conversation, but I really want to know how you tick. Because until I do, and it, we're clear on that, we don't have an aligned vision. I really can't assist you. I can assist you in overcoming a challenge that you happen to be facing, but that may not necessarily get you to what you really want to grow into and become. So my job is to find out what you think your best version of self is that you would like to have continually showing up in your life.
1: How often do you find that vision is not really the real vision?
0: When I peel the onion, uh huh. right? You know, a lot of times we get the vision and we don't revisit it and it wears out or it doesn't have this pizzazz it once had, but we feel like, well, I've made this investment. I've got to continue this road. And when people do that within their own lives, it starts to get boring. We aren't as excited to get up in the morning. And so it's up to us as coaches to kind of help people reinvent themselves, to recognize that what once was amazing isn't maybe amazing any longer. And that can be a very positive thing because that shows a sense of accomplishment, that we have, that's been there, done that kind of mentality. And it's very important, too, that coaches understand the difference between a vision and a goal.
1: Actually, before we go any further, I'd love you to dive into that. That'd be great.
0: Okay. All right. Between the vision and the goal?
1: Yeah. What is the difference between a vision and a goal? All
0: right. Well, when generally know this. When you talk to anybody about a vision, more often than not, they're going to go to goal in their mind. That's what their understanding is going to be. You set something you want, and then you take the steps to accomplish it. A vision is, here's the difference between a goal and a vision. Let's say you decide to have a party at your house this Saturday. And then you go, well, who am I going to bring? Or who am I going to invite? And what am I going to prepare? Oh, maybe I'll have them bring their favorite dish. Or what about beverage? And you know, and should I invite John? Well, you know, John wasn't much fun last time. Maybe I'll bring Rick. And as we start to do this, we start to be able to feel it now, don't we? We start to get a sense of excitement we get to the point where we call it looking forward and looking forward creates an energy inside of us that's why somebody can have a it can be monday but they've got a vacation starting on friday and yet they're excited on monday they get two weeks of work done in one day why because they're looking forward that's what vision's about now there's goals that I have to set and accomplish to pull that Saturday off with my friends, and I have to I have to make phone calls, I make sure the beverages are there, I get the food and so goals are simply steps to vision. without the vision, you know there's not a lot of passion in accomplishing the goal. You tell a kid to clean the house and you know you come back, it's a mess well. Why didn't you it's you wanted me to clean it. I didn't want to clean it. It's your vision, a clean house, not mine. And that's why we as coaches have to really get in sync with what is it this person really wants? Because they're gonna to have to do things sometimes that are uncomfortable, aren't they?
1: Hundred percent.
0: Okay. <laughs> But in order for them to get comfortable with discomfort is that they're doing it because we're going to have that party on Saturday and it's going to be amazing. So I don't generally like to go grocery shopping, but doggone it, I'm going to have fun this time. And I don't even know why I'm having fun unless somebody shares it like we're talking about. Well, it's because of that great party on, on Saturday. Now I can enjoy myself along the way. And that's what we all want to do in our lives is enjoy ourselves along the way.
1: Couldn't agree more, like what's the point of life if we're not enjoying it along the way? It's the best part of the journey. It's the only (laughs) part of the journey. (laughs) It,
0: It absolutely is, is this moment you and I are having right now. I mean, we've prepared our entire lives for this. And I share that when I'm coaching and when someone's having a difficult time, it's a circumstances that has created the difficult time. It's not difficult. They perceive it as because the last time they experienced this, it was difficult. And that's where the brain and science comes into play is we've stored information since we popped out of the womb. And you can, there's also studies where we've been storing it while we were in the womb, but we don't need to go into that right now. And all of those experiences a trigger our amygdala, the reptilian brain, the fight, fight, freeze, which we're all familiar with, which is designed to purely make sure that we continue to exist and propagate the species, And what it does is it stores information so that when we have another experience, we can go, have I seen anything like this before? Where is this possibly leading me towards? And so we don't make the same mistake. But what happens is, is we also store the feeling and the emotion. So when we see it again, and this is what's so fascinating, Samantha, 95% of our emotions are from the past.
1: Wow, I didn't know that. Yes. That's crazy.
0: And so it's hard to be new and you want to be brand new as a coach. You know, you want to be looking forward to it and you want that person to recognize that the only reason you exist is for them to get what they want.
1: Wow. So thinking about that, okay, we're going to have certain, exactly like you were saying, there's going to be blocks, there's going to be I'm going to call them brain systems just because that's what's coming into my head certain ways about doing things. So coming into a coaching session, like how do we stop our beliefs affecting what we're doing into the future? Like there's if 95% of the emotions and and all of these conditions are coming in, how do we create a new situation?
0: Well, first off awareness, right? Which is what we're doing, generating as a coach is we're generating awareness in the other human being of what's going on in their lives. And we're giving them some roadmaps and some insights onto what they might be doing differently, you know, or we're drawing it out of them on how do you think you could resolve this, you know, depending on what technique you happen to be using. So how do we ignore all of these 95%? We don't want to ignore them. We want to be aware of them. I want to recognize that, you know, I'm getting a feeling right now. Samantha, it's not feeling good. Let's say that's the case. That's not how I'm feeling, by the way. (laughs) You know.
1: Thanks for clarifying that, by the way.
0: (laughs) I want to ask more questions of you. I don't want to start labeling you is what I'm saying, because all of that experience will tell me, okay, here's what you do in that situation. And we want to be so darn prepared that sometimes we don't even listen anymore. You know, the person's talking like that and we've gone in a million different directions. And that's one of the biggest challenges a coach has or anybody who's listening. It's the most difficult thing for the human to do because as you're listening to me, most of what you're doing is listening to yourself, trying to understand what it is I'm sharing. And that's where you go back to all of your experiences and everything you've learned up to this moment in time. So we have to kind of be brand new again and recognize that this is the first time we met So, you know, there is this excitement and wonderment about one another. Can we bring that to the 40th time that we met? And that's the key is we got to keep it fresh and keep it new or we'll be bored and we'll start to wonder, do I really want to continue to do this?
1: No, that's actually more where my question was going, because, of course, as coaches, we're asking our clients to come up with, you know, we're asking them to go to new places. But for Us as a coach, how do we get ourselves to new places for our client?
0: Well, I like to use the analogy of first love and how that infatuation just feels so wonderful, how colors are brighter and songs are always singing about us. And then now when we first meet someone and and we're really interested in them and we're attracted, do we listen to what they have to say? we hang on
1: god it was that long ago i can't even remember do we
0: (laughs) yeah we hang on their every word we listen to things we aren't interested in why because they're saying it and we're interested in them and that's a key fundamental that we have to remember as a coach I am not going to be thinking about what I'm going to say next or what I'm going to do next. I'm going to make sure that I continue to find out about this person and ask the questions because the answer will reveal itself to exactly what needs to happen. And that answer, when it comes from the person, now we have sustainability. Now, when we follow up, they've actually done it because it was their idea, not ours. And we know how important that is as a coach. So I have to recognize I got opinions. I'm as judgmental as anyone, but when is it appropriate and when isn't it appropriate? When is it for my safeguard that I can continue to be of value to the world? And when is that my detriment? And the answer is if it's keeping me from vision. If the person's, if Samantha, you're asking me to coach you and you tell me why you want, you want 10 million listeners and we got to find out you know, why you want 10 million listeners. I just can't run with that now and help you get a million listeners. And I'll ultimately find out why it's important to you. And you know what? You'll find out why it's important to you like you never understood before. So now you're more likely to get excited about the work ahead. Instead of saying, there's a lot of work, it's going to be hard. (laughs) And that's what we need to fight it. We can't allow that to happen when we're coaching.
1: Totally, totally. So it's super important to make sure that our client has got their vision. What about ourselves? We know, like we know that we're meant to have a vision. But we also get caught up in the day-to-day and we get caught up being busy and we get caught up with all the other things that need to happen. How often do we need to ensure that we're tapping back into that vision to be able to in turn create the business that in turn gets our clients to their vision?
0: Well, how often should you work out? If you work out once a month, can you expect to get in shape? I wish. (laughs) Oh, it'd be awesome. We'd be millionaires, right? Yes. So it's people are looking for pad answers. You follow me? And I'm always really careful about that because then you start to segment who's on board and who's not on board. Because some people, oh, I can't do that. you know, and, And they don't even know what you're talking about, but it reminds them of something and they go to the past. I know what you're saying, which is a big challenge for all of us. But I would just ask a person on, when they're starting to get that same old same old or they feel like they're going through the routine that's the time now to touch base with vision it's allow ourselves to feel am i still on fire am i still passionate about this and i think it's just one of the most important things that people can do because it defines their prosperity
1: i couldn't agree with that more and i love your answer because for me it's never a time it's a feeling yeah and you've just articulated that so well and i know for me myself and even so i do work on my vision all the time but i also sit down and do it sometimes with my husband because i've got my personal vision but then there's our vision of what we're creating because he's in my business with me and for me i just know It's when you're feeling flat or when you don't feel like getting on a call or, you know, you've lost a couple of clients or things are starting to feel hard. They're the times when I think if I don't feel like working, this is the exact time to just stop and tap back into it. What is it that I'm doing here? Why am I doing this? And even though the end answer is usually the same, what I discover is it's the journey towards that that changes.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And also, if I could add to that, most people let those circumstances define them. And if you think of the word circumstance, it's a circle within which we stand. It's the parameters that we've created in our own life to, to understand this thing called life. And it's such a miracle to begin with. I mean, just getting out of the womb, have, you know, being able to be conceived Easy, much easier to win the lottery. Let's just put it that way. If you get into the science of it. So the gift we were given is life. And if we're just not pumped about it, because now whatever we imagine we can create, I mean, that's already been proven and it, it almost becomes cliche, but that is something that people lose sight of when they get caught up in the circumstance. that doesn't seem to be positive. They allow the circumstance to define whether they're excited or not now. And so my definition of prosperity, for instance, is it's not financial independence. That's a byproduct. It's not being in great shape. That's a byproduct. It's not really having great relationships. That's a byproduct at all. So what is the definition of prosperity? And this is a real good head check. It's if you can answer yes to this next question. And the question is, are you having the time of your life right now?
1: Oh, I love that so much.
0: <laughs> and what do most people say? Well, I'm listening to Samantha and Larry. <laughs> could, could you pick another time? Or I'm doing oh. the dishes, right? And they live lives of once I and as soon as. And that's how we get into ruts. And we get those moments where, I mean, there's moments, Samantha, where I don't feel like it. There's times when I have to check with myself and go, why are you doing this? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, and I have to remind myself because, you know, there's a lot of things that go on in our world. There's a lot of negativity that we're exposed to. And if you pay attention too much to that, I mean, that's a rabbit hole that can really take anybody down. It's again, those cliches about being your own best friend. It's again, not being perfect. It's okay if you make mistakes. It's That's what growth is all about. That's what you're expecting your clients to do. So do you have any and less expectation of yourself? But we need to be loving and forgiving of ourselves so that we can be available to those that need us the most. And those are the ones that we have relationships with. And now they want to be there for us. Don't because we were there for them.
1: Totally. Totally. And what you've just described then, I've got a bit of a joke with my clients and friends. It's like, oh, just had a human moment. <laughs> like, damn those human moments. <laughs> but talking about those human moments, and this is something that I hear a lot as well, is And it relates to what you've just mentioned there is that a lot of people that are experts in something, let's say they're an expert in health, they have shame around them having a human moment within their own health or as a business coach, you know. Having shame or hiding the part of, you know, their human moments around something that didn't go right in business. And what I was hearing you just say then is that we need to experience those things ourselves and acknowledge them and move through them in exactly the same way that our clients would. And I find that this is such an interesting place because this is where most of us put our heads in the sand. Absolutely. I would be surprised if anyone's not nodding their head. I certainly have these same things that come up for me as well. What are some things that we can do regarding changing these attitudes around our own expertise and having vulnerabilities around us having human moments in something that we are experts in?
0: Absolutely. Well, first thing, remember you're the author of your own play, that it's our movie that we're watching. And this is scientific as well as psychological that everything that's going on around me, I've created. And that is full accountability because if I now say, well, no, they made that happen or that they, now I'm starting to become a victim and victims have no power. So we know that. And a great example is to think about is, is there any red in the room? Just think about that for a minute or look for it. Do you see any red in your, where you are?
1: I know there's red behind me. (laughs)
0: Okay. All right. Okay. And so everybody's probably at their home right now or whatever they're doing driving and they see red. Yep, yep, yo. Big deal. How come? What's about that? Well, why weren't you looking for green? Well, you talked about red. Well, we actually have a reticular activating system connects our spinal cord to the brain, which only looks for information that we've determined is important or significant to us. And you really get down to whatever we're thinking about. That's all we'll see. So when you get into a tough situation, if you start thinking about how tough it is, it just gets worse and worse. We know that. So that's what you need to trigger. The trigger is when you're down, something you can do real easily is write down the situation you're in. Just look at it objectively and you see, why am I getting so upset about this? What's this got to do with what I'm attempting to accomplish? And then more importantly, what is it teaching me? You know, there was a guy by the name of W. Clement Stone who was an inverse paranoid. And his total belief was, now check this out, that the universe was conspiring to do him good.
1: <laughs> my my brain just blew up in a second then.
0: <laughs> now, if we get to pick our beliefs, which we do, yeah. isn't that a beautiful belief? Uh-huh. So... Here's what the first thought he had in the morning when he got up was something wonderful is going to happen today. Now that's no different than is there any red around you? And by the way, do you know how many colors you missed when I you just looked for red? According to our rods and cones in our eyes, we can pick up over seven million different colors or opportunities because we looked at the problem, or we heard that one comment they said when we were coaching and now we kind of just thought about that while their lips are still moving. We've gotta stay fresh and in the game and recognize that on here. So when something went bad with this guy who was an inverse paranoid, he went, what is this to teach me? Life was teaching him. And that's a mindset that can get you through a lot of difficult situations. You know it's not about positive thinking if you know that. you know it's you see people that are, "Hey, how you doing? I'm great. How come I have no idea.
1: Oh, that's what I call the new coach crowd.
0: <laughs> I was just taught, if I think positive things, wonderful things will happen. No, you can't you're not going to fool yourself. So you just have to recognize how you operate. you know you're here to be creative, you're here to to be in joy and wonderment, and you look at things that are bad, see if you can help out, see if you can be a part of the solution. Instead of the world's bad and going global on us, if you will, it's take every situation and recognize that you have a choice that, unfortunately, most of us learned the child out of us who is so imaginative and always looking forward to the next day and then the next moment. That's still who we are. And that is to remind us again on what an incredible thing it is to be alive. So let's make it worthwhile.
1: What is it teaching me is actually one of my favorite personal questions to myself. I went through, when I very first started coaching, I used to think, oh my goodness, my client needs me to know the answers. You know, and it it can be, it, it was crippling.
0: Yeah, yeah. Until
1: you get to, hang on a minute, what is this teaching me? And then starting to realize, okay, well, we all go through these things and I've got a personal lesson that I need to overcome so that I can take my learning, into whatever wherever it needs to go
0: yeah you bet and to take that uh, just add a little to that as well because that is so profound it's when we realize that we don't know everything we there is to know yet and which is a great learning by itself Uh uh-huh right (laughs) it's comforting that it's okay that i don't know how to resolve this i'll just keep listening i'll keep asking questions and all of a sudden i've learned something new and so is the person that i'm coaching And so that's where, you know, books are written and people are sharing their ideas is they didn't come from what they've been practicing over and over again because they already know that. And unfortunately, they start to know what the expectation and what the outcome is going to be, where there's so many new things we haven't even learned, you know, as well as I do, you, you don't even know what your favorite food is yet. You just know what you like now. Good point. Right? That is a great point. Now I have
1: this vision of what am I going to have for dinner next week that's so amazing.
0: <laughs> there you go. There you go.
1: <laughs> love it, love it, love it, love it. So this, you talk about performance-driven neurology. Is that what you're talking about here or is that something different?
0: No, that's exactly what I'm talking about here. You know, I, I like to talk also about uh, achievement acceleration. And all that is, is when people understand how their brain works and what the science behind our miraculousness and this phenomenal thing called the human brain. They are able to overcome their own skepticism as to what's possible because most people project into the future what they think they can pull off. And that is called efficacy. You know, it's our own opinion, our own appraisal of what we think we can pull off. Unfortunately, All we know is what we were able to pull off. What we're capable of pulling off is beyond anyone's wildest expectation. And that starts to free you from, I have to know everything. So why don't you take 30 years and learn everything there is to learn as a coach. And in the meantime, all the suffering and all the challenges that people are facing can wait until you figure out how to overcome it. Or you can start listening now and they'll tell you how to overcome it, which we know innately.
1: That makes me think of that the saying, many of us overestimate what we can do in a day, but underestimate what we can do in a year. And I see that play out all the time. I'm sure you do as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you know, I can see where you're a great coach. You are an excellent listeners, Samantha.
1: <laughs> Thank you.
0: <laughs> because you're taking what I'm sharing, you're following through on it. We didn't pre-plan any of this. And and that's exactly you're demonstrating good coaching, is you're letting it be about me. And sure, you're sharing some insights that certainly add to the party. But those are the roles we have to know what role I'm playing when I'm a coach. That's really got to be clear within our own mind.
1: What I love about what you said just then, and I don't think I'd put two and two together before and you've just helped put that together is that it really is always about the intention of making sure that the other person has the win. So whether it's in a coaching and we want our our client to come to get whatever they need. Well, for me, I'd not really seen it in the same light that for me, I want to make sure that my guest always you know, is able to share their genius because then it's a win for you. It's a win for me. I've got a free coaching session here myself and it's a win for our listeners that are out there and getting these these wins as well. So listening is all about really focusing on the other person, which, you know, it sounds so stupid as it's come out of my mouth. Of course, it's about the other person, but really listening.
0: Okay, exactly. And you nailed it with the word intent. You know, what's your intent? To get ahead as a coach, to make more money, you know, to feel better about yourself that you really can help people? Or- To help others see how miraculous they are by able to resolve their own issues, you know, that heal thyself kind of concept. And that's really all we're doing is coaching is allowing, asking enough questions where they discover for themselves, geez, maybe I ought to do this. Oh, you think? And, right? (laughs) (laughs) And instead of, well, I could have told you that a long time ago, if you'd only been paying attention. And we have all of that upbringing in us. And that's, you know, sometimes what we have to fight is we want to answer the question and we want to fix them. And boy, if you do that too soon, you're not ever going to get close to the results that you're capable of.
1: Totally. Now you've just written a new book or published a new book, Get a Vision and Live It. Tell us a little bit about the main concepts of your book and what inspired you to write it.
0: I was, someone asked me, got all this information, you know, what are you going to do when you're passed on? Who's going to be aware of it? And, you know, it kind of Shamed me and guilted me into writing it, but it was a good point. And the book—the book is simply all the science, not enough to get you to glaze over to stop reading. But it's written from me talking to you and sharing all about how we process information, how we make decisions, and then talking about attitudes. Genetics plays about eighteen percent of who we are, and the others learn behavior. And by the time we're ten, we have over a hundred thousand attitudes, which have a hundred percent effect on our performance. So. That's the neurology side, but then it's stories, story after story that people can relate to because they, when I'm telling my story, they're telling themselves their story. And it's very easy read, but yet it's something that causes people to recognize, number one, I am amazing in spite of what I've done in my life. And secondly, I now know how to go beyond what I currently think is possible. And only place you can get it is at our website which is aperneo.com a p-e-r-n-e-o and then you go into the shop into the bookstore and, and there it is
1: so of course if you are listening and you don't have a pen and paper handy those links will be in the show notes as always larry it's been absolutely phenomenal and awesome to talk to you today and to hear your take on a topic which I absolutely love. But if we could wrap this episode up in a box with a beautiful bow, what would you like to leave our listeners with to really just get that bow on top?
0: Well, I'd just like everybody to recognize that wherever you are, whatever's going on in your life, you are absolutely in the perfect spot that you need to be And now you just need to ask yourself, what kind of an impact do I want to make? Because we're all born with a purpose and the purpose to make a difference. And we all do. And the question we have to ask ourselves is, what kind of a difference do I want to make? And so thank you so much for having me, Samantha. It has been a pleasure. The time has just flown. And I really kudos to you in the work that you do because you are very good at it.
1: Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. And it's been great to chat with you today.
0: All righty. All the best.
1: Today's episode may be over, but let's continue the conversation. Head on over to the Thought Leaders Business Lab community on Facebook and connect with other entrepreneurs who are building and scaling their business too. See you next time in the Thought Leaders Business Lab.